Welcome to another episode of Hoops Through Life, a podcast where we discuss the women's basketball collegiate recruiting process and transition from high school to college. I'm your host, Elspeth Bierman. Today, our guest is Coach Alexa Tovella. Alexa is a former not one, not two, but three-sport athlete at Barton College in North Carolina. From 2013 to 2015, she began her coaching career as a graduate assistant at Edgewood, Edgewood College. And between 2015 and 2019, Alexa was on staff at the University of Wisconsin-Platteville. From 2015 to 2018, serving as an assistant. And during the 2018-2019 season, she was the acting head coach. In 2019, she found her current home as the assistant at Western Illinois University. Alexa, I can't wait to get into it. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you. All right, why don't we just dive on in? So when you're interested in a potential athlete for your program, where do you begin your evaluation? Can you just walk us a little bit through your process? Yeah, they always say who you know, like the best. You you just really never know who, who other people know. So I would say word of mouth um, of like local athletes that have good talent, but also just good people. So at being a division one athlete, you have to be able to, to compete at a high level. Uh, so it's different than when I was coaching at the division three level as um, those athletes are in it to really love the game. And yes, they are high competitive athletes at the division three level as well. Uh, but at the division one level, the process begins earlier than it did probably at the division three level uh, with, with word of mouth, with just evaluating, going out to tournaments, AU has become really big. July is a really big month for us for recruiting wise, uh, just getting, getting out there and getting to tournaments and really just evaluating players and you may be watching somebody else and then see somebody else in that process. Because uh, as, you, as everyone knows, those tournaments are big and now they're getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's so many teams there and there's just so many athletes and so much talent. So it's really just how do you, how you differentiate yourself from all that talent is, is super, super important as an athlete going in. And you could do the intangibles, all of that. If you're a high competing athlete, those intangibles are going to put you aside from that other athlete that may be the same skill set or maybe just a little bit better than you. Uh, so the process begins early for the Division One level of just evaluating and people that we have that we want to keep our eye on uh, is when we look at now, I can't, it's 2023 and now <laughs> we'll get emails from like 2026 or whatever the case may be. Um, so just putting them on your radar. No, we can't contact them, but just putting them on your radar. A lot of people have film now to look at, but really just putting, putting people on your radar from the beginning and watching them through their own process and their own growth. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just waiting, going back to like AAU tournaments, I'm waiting for like a high rise to be built where it's like courts on every single level, like going up like 50 feet. Cause I feel like that's, that's the direction that it's going. So you mentioned like the timeline and that's a question that I get a lot is like, what should we be doing when? So like for a division one athlete, you said that process starts a lot earlier, even though, you know, you can't contact that athlete. Like, can you speak a little bit about timeline from the division one perspective? Yeah, I would say it, it depends on the program. So we do things maybe a, a little bit different than, than other programs of, 
you know, just being at a smaller division one school, we're not at a power five where Mm -hmm. they're starting recruiting those athletes when they're in seventh grade. So they're looking at like 2030s. (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, wow, like how old are they? Are they even in middle school at this moment? Uh, That's how I always feel. But yeah, the, the process just at a, at a lower division one school, um, just that kind of sophomore year, I would say is big, but really that junior year is a huge year where they're going to be, go- be able to come on visits and you're able to have communications with them. Um, but just really preparing yourself for that junior year and able to kind of be able to be open in your recruitment and make those official visits or those unofficial visits um, is super important. But as soon as you hit that high school level, I mean, if you know where to go and you want to go somewhere, like you're able to contact coaches and you're able to kind of put yourself out there to get yourself on coaches' radars. They may not be able to contact you back in that moment because we have so many rules mm-hmm. um, that we have to abide by. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it, it's an interesting process and it's different for each school, I would say, but just standing out um, in, in your own growth from as soon as you get into high school and then just looking at what do you want to do and what do you want to major in, like kind of putting together that pool of schools, like it would be ideal if I if I could go here um, regardless and, and working towards that. I know when I was being recruited, that's what I did. I put together a list and I was like, I would want to go to these schools um, and, and just kind of contacted the coaches and yes, we get a lot of, lot of emails, a, r- a real lot of emails. So how do you set yourself aside from all of those emails? Yeah. And you mentioned one, one thing that's interesting that nobody I've talked to really yet has said it so bluntly of like, it starts with word of mouth. So what are some things even in that sense where a student athlete might be able to separate themselves, whether that's like the relationship that they have with their coach or even going to an AAU organization that they know might have certain connections in certain areas? Like, what would you say to that? Yeah, I think it's, we have a few AAU programs in Wisconsin and in Missouri that we really recruit from because we trust, trust those coaches and they play a similar style to what we, what we play. Mm -hmm. Uh, But at Western, we've been in the top, top 20 GPA wise uh, for as long as, I've known about it. And as long as I've been here, we've been in the, in that top 20 um, GPA. So getting good grades, honestly, also is something that coaches when, when a coach says like, yeah, they're a 4.0 student, that says a lot. That says a lot about their drive and who they are as a person. Cause not only are we recruiting them as a basketball player, but they're going, they're student athletes, right? They're students first, even at the division one level, like we're looking for the student um, and somebody who's able to have that time management. Yes, it's an adjustment, but just having that drive and you're, you're a 4.0 in, co- in high school doesn't mean you're going to be a 4.0 in college, but it does mean that you have the work ethic and you know, kind of, kind of how to, how to work in the classroom. So that could translate to the court. Yeah. And I th- I think there's been different, not strategies, but there's been different schools of thought on like an email that might set you apart. And I think it really depends on the institution, right? Like some really high academic schools, you might have to like put your GPA in there just so that's one way that they can weed out who might be even cut for the school. So like for in your situation at your school, what like what recommendations would you have for people reaching out to you to set themselves apart from everybody else? 
Yeah, I would say um, really <laughs> the formatting of the email. You can tell if it's an email that you're sending to everyone. Like you've maybe purchased something that you have all the women's basketball coaches and it's a BCC email. Like we could see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I would just like there's sometimes I receive emails that is like good game last night uh, against Southern Illinois. Uh, really liked X. Like they watched the game. You can tell that they watched the game. Like it was an exciting fourth quarter or whatever the case may be. Even if they looked at the box score. So I would say just being interested in the program and not just interested in like being recruited um, and just showing interest. It's not necessarily that those other people aren't going to get a response back if say they're they're averaging 30 points and they got a 4.0 like they yes, we'll probably look at them. <laughs> also the other person that, you know, maybe at the 15 points per game or the 20 points per game um and just has a well formatted email that everything is spelled right. Um there's some highlight tapes that we receive that you know just aren't aren't ideal. Like <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't it doesn't broadcast their their true gifts and abilities on court. So really making sure that those things, I think, are important and just it's not a BCC email. And yes, I'm like most people do that. It's it's something to do. It's an easy way. Um, But maybe following it up then with another email. I've seen that a lot um, where it has been a BCC email and maybe it haven't hasn't been responded to. And then I get another email from that person that's more. Um, custom to to like Western Illinois or, or a game that we've had or something just in that nature. Yeah, because I I think I think that's a really good point. I mean, in the recruiting process, student athletes they want to feel special, right? Like they want to feel like they're getting reached out to. And I'm I mean, coaches feel the same way. It's like I don't want to feel like I'm one of a thousand emails that you're sending. Like I want to feel like you're you're reaching out to me because of something. Right. So I think yeah, just thinking through it that way, too, is 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 very, very important. You mentioned highlight film, like not ideal versus ideal. Like what would you say distinguishes like not ideal highlight film to ideal highlight film? Like we love full game tapes just because like a highlight tape, you can include a highlight tape, but a highlight tape isn't going to show the like we know you're not shooting 100 percent. Highlighting obviously all your good things, but there's highlight tapes that are just like people maybe just be in the gym shooting free throws. Um, Yeah, I I wouldn't say that's like that's not something that like makes me want to watch the entire tape or if it's like a really long like a 40 minute highlight tape and it's like stuff like that, like skill work. Um, Mm -hmm. I would rather see a full game or I'd rather see I'd rather see a clips of clips of a game, a quarter of a game, whatever the case may be. But it's also important to like see how that athlete reacts to bad calls and reacts to being taken out of the game and reacts to those different things that you're not going to be able to see on a highlight. So that's why we have to go out and evaluate to, and then obviously talk to them and and see how they are as people um, because because it is important to we have a team that we don't have drama and and it's great because we have great, great athletes on our team and they were recruited for how they are as people. Yes, they're highly skilled on the court, but they are also really, really good people Like to a fault. They're like, I've talked about this all the time. They're so nice. <laughs> like we, <laughs> they're just, they're just a great group of group of athletes. And that goes to the recruiting process of recruiting those types of, of kids that are good 
on the court and off the court. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so going back a little bit about like keeping your eye on certain athletes, maybe when they're in their first year, second year of high school and just following their trajectory, what are things that you're looking for as you continue to follow their trend line, I guess, for lack of a better term? Yeah, I would say just um, their successes as an athlete, um, kind of those end of the year attributes. Uh, yes, they mean something, but it's not like the end all be all. Like if you don't get all first team, all conference doesn't mean we cross you off the list. Yeah. Um, it doesn't those things, but like field goal percentage, free throw percentage, like those things we do look at. Um, and, and also like who you're playing against. So there's really, really small schools that you may average 30 points a game, but if you put them against a bigger school, that may not be the case. So that's, what's important with AAU is kind of seeing them compete against those athletes that they're probably going to be competing at, at the college level. So I would just say those percentages, yes, they definitely matter at the end of the year. We, we do look at them and it's like, oh, they don't shoot three. We're looking for a three-point shooter. And maybe they were one for two from the three-point line. Like, oh, yeah, they're shooting 50%, but they've only taken two um, three-pointers. So it kind of depends what we're looking for. And, like, yeah, if we're trying, if we thought they were a three-point shooter and they weren't shooting threes, then just kind of evaluating it from there. Yeah. So you said something too that I think is worth repeating about like field goal percentage. Cause sometimes I think high school athletes might think it's about like points, not necessarily percentage. And it's like, yeah, you might average 20 points, but you're shooting 10%. So you're taking like 200 shots in a game, which would be ridiculous. But like that, that type of percentage I think does matter. So I think it's about like the right shots and not just, you know, putting up a lot of shots to to get a certain minimum or whatever it is. Um, but yeah, what, like, do you, if you're looking at an athlete and you're like, oh, we need a three-point shooter, we thought this was going to be the one and they're not, like you said, like that same example, are you communicating that to them or like, what does that look like? Yeah, we're we're pretty upfront in the recruiting process of where we see them kind of fitting in. So we won't recruit them if they don't kind of fit into our, into the style that we're looking for. And it could be a high volume kid that is taking 20 shots a game. Um, it could be that person that we're looking for, but it depends on kind of what we're looking for. Um, but just communicating in a lot of athletes, I really applaud them for when they do come in on their visits and like, where do you see me? Like, that's a great question to ask because we may be on different pages um, with that. Maybe they want to come in and be a point guard, but that's not what we're actually, because at in on the high school level, they may be playing one through five. Right. Like, that may be the case, um, especially like taller athletes. Like they they might be one through five, um, which is fine at that level, but really they'll definitely, we're a positionless team. So we don't like say, yeah, you're only a three, you're four, uh, but just, kind of seeing where they'd fit in in our style of play and if they will fit in with our style of play um is is important yeah and so i guess there's like style of play and then there's off the court culture piece which sounds like it's a very important piece especially where you're coaching right now what are some ways you assess that that piece of it or that side of like a person yeah 
Um, just how you react to things that may not go your way. You get you you fall out of a game or you get called refs are refs call what they think is a foul. So if you if they think it's a foul, they're calling it. So how do you react to that? If you don't think it's a foul, um, how do you react to your coach? If your coach gets on you, how do you react to your teammates? If, if maybe they aren't up, if they're not um, upholding what, what needs to be done in the game, um, how are you on yourself when you miss a shot? Like those things are important because yes, confidence, you could grow in confidence, but um, it's harder to, to, to dig yourself out um, if you kind of lack that confidence. So it's really how you react to everything going on around you and being a good athlete, which is super hard. Like being recruited, playing at the college level is super hard. Not many people, I don't have the percentage in front of me, but I know it's, there's not, what is it's, it? It's it's like around 4% for okay. women. Yeah. yeah. So that, that itself is, is crazy. So you have to you have to be special. You have to stand out. You have to stand out on those intangibles as much as you stand out on court, especially to compete at the Division One level. Um, you can't kind of lack in 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 an area um, because you have to be. If the culture is important, like it is here at Western, um, you have to be that good person off the court as as much as you have to be that good person on the court as well. So everyone has roles to play, but it's really just important to you know, bring in, you don't want to bring in a sour apple. Like, I, I don't know how else to say that, <laughs> um, but it's, it's, a, once you do, it's a domino effect. So it's super important in the recruiting process that you're recruiting that athlete. That is a, is a really good teammate as well, because that's what you're bringing them into a good culture. So you have to make sure that they're going to fit that as well. Yeah. They, what do they say? Like addition by subtraction. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so with, like this culture piece, is there anything and please speak on like your division one and division three experience? Cause I'm not sure if the answers might be different, but with that culture piece, how they react in certain situations, is there anything that would immediately say, Oh, that's like definitely no cross them off the list. Or is it more like, Oh, that's something to look out for. Maybe that's something that's like teachable. Like where, where's that line for you, for you all? I think, I mean, at both, levels of division three and division one what was important was um just when you cross somebody off the list it's if they aren't a good teammate so you're yelling at another teammate like that's a non-negotiable I don't yes you could be frustrated and super competitive but that never that never distinguishes you to be able to yell at somebody when you're yelling at someone it has everything to do with yourself and not with that person so if you're yelling or if a coach if you can't take it's different when a coach is sitting there like screaming at you. And yes, we could react in those situations because I know there's coaches out there. Um, not every coach is not is going to, you know, be perfect and um, have constructive cr- criticism. But yelling back at a coach um, is definitely a non-negotiable of, yeah, that can't happen. Um, and just kind of maybe yelling at a parent. I noticed that as well this this season. Uh, there oh, really? Was a, yeah, there was. They were like, well, the parent was getting on them and I understood where the athlete is coming from, but they just kept arguing back and forth. And I was like, oh, well, like that's, I wasn't recruiting this athlete. I was just kind of watching a game. And um, I was like, that's very interesting. So um, it kind of puts them in a box that they probably didn't intend to be in, but those things are noticeable um, and definitely non-negotiables if you are a, a bad teammate or hard to coach. Everybody, all coaches want somebody who's coachable and and kind of can be coachable on your team. So just seeing them in the fit 
Um, I think at the division three, at, at any level, I know, um, coaching at the division three, coaching at division one, playing at the division two, all of those things seem to be pretty consistent in every level of non-negotiables. Um, if you show up that way, uh, you probably, you may get crossed off a list. You may not, there may be coaches out there that are like, Oh, that's gritty. Um, mm-hmm. so may not, but I'm pretty sure that's going to be small and few between the people that look at that as like, Hey, this, this isn't a teachable moment. They are, and yeah, people are going to have games, um, but really evaluating that. Um, and I think teachable moments are when you're really hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. So someone that, you know, misses a shot and they're like, dang, or they clap or whatever the case may be. Um, that's not, that's not an intangible that you just cross somebody off with. Like, yeah, they're super hard on themselves. That can be, you can be taught, um, like, Steph Curry, everyone misses shots. Like, that's why I always say, like, nobody shoots 100%. The people, there's no one that has ever shot 100%. Um, so, yeah, just those things, I think, when you're internally intrinsic stuff can be taught. Extrinsic stuff can most of the time is kind of uh, due to their character, which is fine um, for some people, but not for anywhere that I've been. Yeah, because it's about fit too right so it's just like that most likely won't fit with your culture i mean maybe maybe somewhere like you said but i i tend to agree that that would be like more few and far between those situations than you know and and it's not about being perfect right it's just about how how do you handle like being frustrated right or am i mixing that up a little bit no yeah that's correct Okay. And so you mentioned visits a little bit and about like a good question, that question of like, where do I stand with your program? Like what are other, some other questions that might be good for a student athlete to ask when on a visit, whether that be to the coaching staff or to like the current players on the team? I think what's super important when you, when anybody goes on a visit is being alone with the, with athletes um that coaches aren't because the athletes are going to be our best recruiters they're going to tell you exactly I know when I was going through a recruiting process I went to schools and they were like don't come here and I'm like wait what (laughs) that is crazy (laughs) what's going on um so I think our athletes are our best recruiters and they'll tell you they'll they'll tell you about coaches they'll tell you about styles um and just being yourself and with those with those athletes and not being afraid to ask them questions like hey how is coach coach alexa on the sidelines like how is coach gravina um when when he gets mad like those types of things like you could ask the athletes and they're going to be very truthful um so it depends on what you want as an athlete to hear back um if that's what you're looking for so finding the right fit because yes the transfer portal all those things um but it's it's super important to it's your next home for four years, five years, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. kind of making sure that you are finding a right fit. And I think that's what it, our best recruiters are our athletes. And it, when, when you go on visits, when maybe the athletes aren't there, it's super hard. Like we really want them to meet the athletes. We want them to, to be um, within the athletes and just be able to ask them questions because they are our best recruiters. Um, and as far as coaches go, yeah, asking where you fit, um, asking asking how many other people you're recruiting um, are, are super important as um, the, there's going to be different programs that that say different things. Like they may be looking at, they may offer 50 people 
Um, and it's really first come first serve in that there are programs that do that, or there's the programs that, you know, have four offers on the table, um, whatever the case may be. So I think it's important to know kind of where you stand um, and also where you'll fit in for, for that team. Like no coach should, no coach is promising. Well, we don't promise anyone anything. Like our best five is going to be on the court, whether that's a freshman um, or a senior, the best five is going to be on the court. So I think also asking that question of where you stand in is knowing like if you're someone who wants to come in as a freshman and play and you ask that question and the coach, you know, they, they may be like, Hey, yeah, like, uh, we have a, we have a really good senior guard that you're going to be backing up this year. That may not be something you want to hear, but it's, it's really important for you being recruited to know that like, Hey, yeah, I may be a backup this year. Um, whatever the case may be, if if that's the situation. So I think it's important to to know where you stand, where you fit in um, and and kind of just feel out the coaches of like who they are as people. Um, you'll get that like we walk around obviously campus with them and go on tours and just have conversations with them um, and and kind of be open with with having conversations that it, it is it may be scary. It may be hard. Um, but just knowing them as people also, like that's how they are as like, do you, can you see yourself playing for that coach? Can you see yourself being put, put yourself in, in, in the shoes of those athletes and see if, um, see what comes from that. Yeah. And what to that do, like, what are some questions that athletes should be prepared to answer from the coaching staff or other people on campus? Um, I would say really we ask a lot of like anything, any questions, what questions come up for you? Um, So really we ask a lot of like putting it back on them um, and putting them kind of on the spot of like, where, maybe where do you see yourself fitting in? Or what do you think so far? What's important to you um, in a campus? What's important to you on a team? Uh, What are, what are you looking for? So just knowing those and being able to answer those um, and being like the first questions, like, what do you think? What do you think so far? Like after we walk around, like, what do you think so far? So if you can honestly answer like uh, everything is like, this is exactly how I pictured it. Um, This is this is a small town. And um, yeah, this is great. Or it's like, oh, wow, it's a lot smaller than I thought. Um, (laughs) And just being able to know what you want going in. Yeah, you don't have to know exactly um all of those things but or like what you're majoring in um like you don't need to know that uh especially if you're undecided and I think it's really hard like asking 16 year olds 17 year olds like what do you want to do for the rest of your life like right that's that's a hard question so we don't like if you're undecided it's not like no you have to major in something we will never make anybody not major in something or major in something to kind of build off basketball because academics is super important. So um, we'll never like be like, no, you can't do nursing because you're playing basketball. Like that's, that's the rest of their lives. The ball stops bouncing at some point. So um, being able to make that decision for yourself, I think is important. Yeah. And recognizing that some, some schools do say, no, you can't do certain majors because they have classes at certain times. And just like that goes back to fit and what you want. Like, is that an okay sacrifice for you? If it is, then all right, cool. Like that's might be the school for you. But if not, maybe it's time to reevaluate, you know, the situation or what you're looking for. So in your experience, where do you see 
student athletes struggle the most in the recruiting process? I think um, putting a lot of pressure on yourself to make a decision. And I know there are programs out there that's like, hey, you have to make a decision by X date. Um, we need to know if you're coming or not. So there, there is external pressure. I know that we don't do that um, because it is important to find that that best fit. But I think putting that pressure on yourself or the fact of like letting somebody down, like when you call a coach and says like, hey, coach, um, I've chosen a different school. That says a lot about that person as as their character to pick up the phone and say, hey, I've I've actually decided to go a different route, which is which is fine. Yes. Yes, it does for us. Like we built a relationship with them and we've spent time, but it's not a like there's nothing. It's not it's harder. You're putting it harder on yourself than it is for the coach. And yeah, we care a lot about that athlete. Um, it is, it is like a dagger when someone's like, Oh, we're not going to come, but it's not a, like, we don't lose that much like sleep over it as much as like, I remember myself in the recruiting process of like having to call coaches and saying, I'm not coming. And I didn't want to do it. I was like, no, like that. I don't want to let anybody down, but I think just putting that pressure on yourself, um, to make a decision in the time, like you'll know when you know, you know. Um, so just making sure you make a decision for yourself or it's for yourself and your family and not anybody else um, in that in that aspect as whatever is important to you. So if it is important that your family's involved in the process, like, yeah, use your timeline to your own. You make up your timeline in that situation. And like I said, when you know, you know. So if you don't want to go to a school like just pick up the phone and let that coach know so they don't invest more time um, in you and vice versa. Then it's, if you've decided, made the decision and a coach keeps texting you or whatever the case may be, you may become annoyed. It's like, oh, why do they keep contacting you? But we're still in the recruiting process, even though that athlete has already made up their mind. Um, so yeah, I would just say just just being the timeline that and the pressure that you that athletes put on themselves is is something that's really hard where the people get tripped up. Yeah, I think that's a good point because thinking about like, oh, you don't want to let somebody down, but realistically you're saving them time and you're saving yourself time, especially when you just let them know, hey, I'm not interested. And then once that conversation's over, oh, it's like you'll feel so much better. It's like you built something up in your head that isn't isn't really real. But in, in the next thing I was going to ask is kind of a little bit, you spoke on this a little bit too, just there in that answer, but just how the process itself can be really overwhelming, like the pressure to perform at AAU tournaments or the pressure to like coaches from coaches and parents to make a decision or to like play better, whatever it is. Like what, and your answer might be a little bit the same as you just gave, but what kind of advice can you give to student athletes who might be feeling that pressure when they're in the thick of it? Yeah, I think, I mean, it's acknowledged that it's so much pressure and to like go on visits um, and to have a certain number of visits that you could go on official and unofficial, like all of those things add up to so much pressure. But the more that you could just be yourself and trust yourself in the process um, and, you know, if you end the game and you say, I gave it my all, I put my best foot forward. Um, that's all that really matters. It doesn't matter if you had a terrible game, as long as you put your best foot forward in that. And maybe you are off that game and you're missing every shot. Okay, well, you know, maybe you got the ball to someone who was hot or maybe you were the best teammate ever that game. So just being able to 
not put that pressure on yourself, although it is a lot of pressure. And <laughs> it's really hard to say, like, just saying it out loud, like, listen, someone listening to it's like, yeah, I under I get what you're saying. But it's, it's hard to just not um, put that pressure on yourself, because it is a lot of pressure. And it is like, these athletes are under 18 years old, and we're asking them to make a decision. And that's probably at that moment, it's the biggest decision that they've made in their lives. Um, is that is picking a school. And like you said, 4% of those athletes are making it on to the next level. So it's, it's really, really small, um, a small percentage of like all that hard work and determination and those sweat, the blood, the tears, all of those things, super hard um, for 4% of the people to make it on to the next level. So yeah, I think just being able to at the end of the day, I put my best foot forward today and that's all you could do in that. But the added pressure doesn't help anything, but it hurts. It hurts the athlete, I think, in just adding that pressure and um, external pressure and maybe communicating that pressure. If it's coming from your parents, like the, your parents are your biggest they're your biggest cheerleaders. Um, they're going to advocate for even even if they're not in that moment, if that, you know, you finish. I've, I've ended games and my dad's like, God, you should have shot the ball 10 more times. Like, why'd you pass it here? Like parents are going to be parents, but at the end of the day, they're your biggest cheerleaders. Um, so looking at it that way, like those people that are your hardest critics and biggest critics, like they're also your biggest cheerleaders as well, but you, you really revert and remember those, like t the critic things instead of, Hey, Oh, they told me yesterday, like I had the best game ever. Um, and I had three points or whatever the case may be. So I think um, looking at it in a, in a different lens. Yeah, I I really like that recommendation of like, just do the, the best that you can actually do. And then the only thing I would add is like, maybe just control what you can control. Like you can't control everything. Like you said, people miss shots and that you might have a bad game, you might be off. And so that that leads me into this other thought of for you all, like I know evaluating that evaluation process is really important. How, like how many times would you say you want to see a kid before you kind of make a judgment on if they might fit from a basketball standpoint to your program? Yeah. Um, I, it, I think it varies per, like, as, like I talked about as far as like having trust in, in coaches as well. So mm -hmm. if a coach, tells you to come watch watch an athlete and we come watch them we're like oh they're really good um and then you follow like when we have somebody on our list we're gonna try to go to every single game that they have um during that event uh also and maybe another evaluation period that we'll go check them out uh but i think it really depends on where they came from if it was just like a you're walking by and saw a really good athlete and just like marking them down um, to, to watch and to follow. Uh, but I would say as far as events, like starting their junior year, um, you'll probably watch them two at two events um, per each of their years. And um, yeah, all of those games we do mark like, yeah, they're playing on court a hundred um, <laughs> at one o'clock court court 50 at, at three o'clock and, and kind of fitting in in a schedule. It's a really fun puzzle to make as a coach, mm -hmm. honestly, writing them all out. Like, Hey, we got, we got this person here, this person here, and then just sending coaches in, in the, in the right direction. Or, you know, we may have a, a coach watching them first half and then flipping over to another game, second half 
and then flipping. It's just like this fun puzzle. So um, it is important to, you know, have have that done in advance. So you're able to utilize these events that there are so many athletes at. Um, and then in the high school, like supporting them as needed. Um, but really just a few like a few games in high school, um, especially at the division one level at the division three level. I felt like I was at a high school game every single night um, because it's, it's a little bit different as far as recruiting goes. And I, that's all I did was go, go to high school games. Uh, I really love popcorn. So that <laughs> I was like, do they have good popcorn there? Um, so yeah, just, it was different at the division three level, the amount of high school games that I attended at the division three level versus the division um, one level is it's, it's a dramatic difference. Yeah, I oh, I just had a thought, but it just left me. Oh, I think that goes back to also like the pressure that we just talked about and just knowing that you're most likely going to be seen at one more than one event. So it's like it's not you you don't have like one shot in five minutes or whatever. And yeah, maybe if somebody's just walking by and you have a few couple turnovers, they might just start walking the in the other direction. But I don't know if that's really going to make or break especially schools that are actually interested in you and they want to get a good idea of like what you have to offer um and so like the difference between division one and division three i'm glad that you mentioned that because like what do you recommend for athletes to do to kind of make the most out of that like summer season so is it like going to all the big AU tournaments, is it maybe selecting a few? Like, how would you balance that from your perspective? And you can break it down if it's two different answers from like your experience at different levels. But what what's your recommendation with that? Yeah, I would. I mean, if you are good, um, you're you're gonna be seen. Uh, but those big events are super, like all the coaches are there, so that's the Nike showcase that's in Chicago every single year, for example, like there's probably not a school that's not there. I mean, there probably is, but there is (laughs) everybody's there. So I would say choosing, choosing the right team, but a balance of a team that's also going to like, there are teams that, you know, they don't practice and they just kind of go to events. So it's kind of what you're looking to get out of it. Do you want to, do you want to get better in the process as well? Um, So just finding a good team that you can do both, but also those big events, like the run for roses, the Nike show, like those things, those are super, they're big events. All the coaches are there. So um, I would say just becoming more events that are bigger too. So you know, looking, looking at the teams of where they're going um, and what, what is the mission and goals for that team that you're playing on as well? Is it for you to move on to the next level or is it that, you know, they want to, they want to develop you and get better and how many people have gone on to the next level from that program. And it's not just like how many division one athletes have they had, how many athletes have they had that have gone on to play at the college level. Um, And yeah, they may have just been recruited high school wise, but it'll say a lot about the program um, of their exposure. If that's what you're wanting to get out of that AAU season is exposure. You got to be in the right events to be, to get that exposed um, just on the radar for coaches because all the coaches are there. Uh, We have like, 
you have to recruit. Like, like that's part of our job. So (laughs) all the coaches are going to be at those big events, but also there, there are small events that are, I went to a high school event this past, um, I think it was in our April period or May period. I don't know. They all blend together at this point. (laughs) Uh, I don't know which period it was, but it was at a high school and there were so many coaches there. It was one of our new um, evaluation weekends and there were so many coaches there, which was going to be a small event, but it turned into a big event. So you just really never know. But I think playing for a team that um, that if you want to be evaluated and you want to get better and also you want to make it on to the next level, like what are they doing? because they have to be recruiters as well. Like your coach has to be a recruiter because we will reach out to a coach be like, Hey, how, how is she on the court or how, um, how is she in school? Like if we're reaching out to their high school coach. So we do talk to coaches all the time. Uh, so just making sure that, you know, you're in the right, right program. Cause there are programs I know that are just, you know, it's, they're just an AAU program. Like mm-hmm. a could be, it could be two two different things. And there are definitely a lot of re- really good programs, trusted programs, um, that have coaches that are you know are invested in those athletes. And there there's AAU programs that aren't. So just making sure that um you're on in the program that best suits you. If you don't want to play in college, like then it probably doesn't matter which team you're on. But if you do want to play in college, uh, just being on a team that that kind of is going to be be your biggest cheerleader too. Yeah. If if there's an athlete who maybe hasn't spoken to you in the past but there's this big tournament coming up and they've been doing their research, they're like, "Oh my gosh, Western Illinois, I'm obsessed with their school. I need to like figure out how I can be involved." Like how would you recommend for them to reach out to you before those big tournaments for you to make time to see them or or do you all have a different process? Like there is that big puzzle piece. Do you all have like room for, oh, let me just see this game or, or whatever. Like, would you recommend that they reach out to you and give you their schedule? Like, how would you say they should go about that? Yeah, I think that email of their schedule is super, super important to to send. Like, hey, I'm going to be at the Nike Showcase this weekend. Here's my schedule. Um, and that, that's important because you may, you may not have them on your radar, but you may be watching a game and you're like, wow, that name sounds so familiar. Like, I don't know how many times I type in my email names that I'm like, where have I seen this name? Or you're on Twitter looking like, is this person committed? Like what's going on here? And I know there's a lot of different philosophies of putting all that on, on Twitter, but it's really just, um, seeing kind of yeah, they, they did. Hey, they've reached out to us um before. Like she's really good. So, you know, let's follow her. Um, let's let's see if 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 this is somebody we want to recruit. So the different tiers of recruits, they may be on that third tier for us. It may not be someone that we went into the event um like looking at, but um that we kind of we found um at the event, whether that's playing against because I mean, we're looking at the 17U, 16U, um, those games, like they're going to be playing against probably another really good somebody in competition um, that that you can put on your radar. And they may be on your third tier of like, hey, we just need to follow them. We need to put them on our radar. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. 
And so let's move a little bit towards like the transition from high school to college. And I know that process can be stressful as well. It sounds like a lot of stress is in this process, but that, that can be pretty stressful as well. What what are some like proactive strategies that you can recommend for athletes to excel on the court and off the court? Yeah, I think that transition is is tough. Um, it's yeah, you're right. Like when you talk <laughs> all this stress, it's like but it's so worth it. Like just looking back and um being on a college teams and three teams or four teams, however many teams I've been on, it was a lot. <laughs> um, it was the best decision I made. Uh so just being part of something bigger than yourself, but yeah, there's a lot of grit that goes into that. It's harder when you get to college. Um, that transition of like now you're on your own and you may have two classes for two hours and then you have practice at the end of the day. So I think time management is the biggest thing because like if I think back to my experience and I relate to the athletes now, uh, it's like, oh, wow, I have five hours to practice. I'm going to, you know, binge Netflix or lay down, take a nap, whatever the case may be. And then all of a sudden you're up all night doing your homework. Um, so I think the time management piece However, you could get things done in a timely fashion so you're able to relax and enjoy your college life because those are four, five years, six, I guess six seven people are in school for a lot longer now, but um, years that you won't get back. So being able to balance, I think, being a college athlete and also like academics and a social life is important. Like you'll never get those years back. So time management, I would say, is definitely something and schools have so many resources that are like untapped and un just you there's tutors there's writing centers there's all of those things that could help you with the transition that i think we we need to do a better job utilizing those things like we have a 24/7 tutoring online um program at western and like when we're on the road like utilizing those types of things that um, it's hard for, for especially a freshman. Um, like right now it's like the mid, it's almost midterm, which is crazy time flies, but you know, they, they've gone through school um, for the last couple months and, um, they've learned a lot, probably more about themselves than they, they have a, in a book, um, at this moment of just figuring out how to, how to work it out. So time management and utilizing like the, Schools have academic coaches, like they have somebody on staff that's in charge of academics and um, some schools have study halls and those types of things, like utilizing those and embracing those because they're there to help you um, with the transition instead of like, oh, this is something I have to do. No, it's something you get to do um, is is have these resources and you ha actually are above all the regular student body because you have you have resources, you have a built-in family, you have you have maybe a teammate that has taken that professor or they've been in that course. So just utilizing the like that 4% that make it, utilizing that because it is more than just like being on a team and having a number and having the last name on your jersey. Uh, it's having that built-in family that helps you excel in the classroom and off the classroom. Yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, universities just have so many resources. I feel like it's like, and this is going to sound silly, but it's like the library. Like, I feel like I've in recent couple of years have really embraced like public libraries and they have so many resources that you could just use and it's all like for free. So it's pretty it's like a, a nice little system that they have, because at the end of the day, universities want you to graduate and do well. So they're going to supply you what you need to do that. 
So yeah, all of those are excellent points. So we're wrapping up like towards the end here and there's last couple questions that I ask everybody who comes on. So let's just get into those. What book or podcast would you recommend every incoming first year read or listen to before their first season begins and why? Yeah, I thought about this a lot um, as like, you know, we just started the year, I guess we're halfway through this this year. Um, But I this book, I don't know if you know, if you haven't, if you don't know this book, (laughs) (laughs) plug plug for Marky. (laughs) It is like, you could just open it up and just, you could get a one percenter or a two percenter, whichever page that you open it up. Like it's so good as far as just the principles of being good to great and and just being the best version of yourself and feeding your focus and those types of things is I wish every athlete read this book. So um, I don't know. I don't know if we've said it because I can see it because we're on video. But what can you say the title? Yeah. <laughs> Champions Creed. Um, Champions Creed by Marquis Freeman. And yeah, it's it's a huge just uh, a huge enhancement of just being a better person on and off the court. Yeah. Like she had such a successful playing career and played um, professionally and is now just doing so much in the world um, in the professional setting and and just using her one percenters is, I think everyone should read it. Not even just going into your freshman year, like starting your new year off with that, just opening up a page and, and being able to read um, just a quote is it's a really good book. So I recommend this book. Yeah. And she's killing it. I think she has a new huddle series out too now about just women in sports. So I'll plug that for her too. check that one out as well. And all right, so let's move on to the next question. What is something about the recruiting process or transition to college that you believe that other coaches might disagree with? It's hmm. a really good question. disagree with um I think some coaches may disagree that um them being on a team is is a it is a job right but I think some coaches may disagree with me of you know treating treating the athletes like it's a job versus what it actually is so like there's so many rules that I hear of that coaches you know, taking away, uh, taking away the phone on bus trips and like different things that, you know, a lot of people have different philosophies of, but I think just treating the athlete, like they're student athletes. So there's nothing wrong with other people's philosophies, but we may disagree on some things of how to, you know, go about them being, having a student athlete experience, um, whether that be on the road, off the road, um, when they're in town, um, all of those different things of just required things that um, kind of you make the decision for, like study halls, for instance, um, where, you know, we we may disagree um, on some philosophies. And I don't think I'm right or they're right. Um, it's just different philosophies on uh, being a college athlete. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And so last but not least, any final words of wisdom? I would say just in the process, we've talked about how stressful it is, how much it can be in the process. 
um, and just be yourself in the process and you'll find you'll you'll find your next home. You'll find your perfect fit. Just finding the right fit, I think, is is super important. So however long that takes somebody to find the right fit, that's on that's up to the person to determine. Um, you sh- literally don't let anybody tell you that it should be any other way because it is about finding the right fit. And that that's going to help in that second year or even your first year of like, hey, I really enjoy this place. This is my second family. Like, oh, I don't want to go home on the weekend because I really like it here. Um, so just finding the right fit in your own time, like embrace that and and be the best version of yourself, despite anything, any external, anything going on. I think being the best version of yourself is super important um, in the recruiting process as, you know, there there are a, real, a lot of great programs out there um, that are going to want the best for you. Uh Comparison is is a thief of all joy. So don't compare yourself to the teammate that may have the 10 different division one offers. Um, and you want to play at the division three level. Everyone's in their own path. So embracing that path um, and don't compare yourself to your other teammates or people that you know or your parents or whatever the external things that um, you can put pressure on yourself. Don't compare yourself to them. Yeah, I think that's the perfect way to end it. Alexa, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for being here. No problem. Thank you. I forgot to ask Alexa for her school's social media handles during the interview, but I wanted to make sure you all knew where to go. So if you want to see what the Western Illinois women's basketball team is up to, go ahead and follow them on Instagram or X at WIUWBB. That's WIUWBB on both Instagram and X. Thank you all so much for listening. If you are looking for more specific recruiting advice based on your recruiting situation, head over to hoopsthroughlife.com today to check out our resources and schedule your free 30-minute strategy session with me. We will assess where you are currently in your recruitment process, where you're aiming to be, and we'll lay out the roadmap to get you there. Again, that's hoopsthroughlife.com, H-O-O-P-S-T-H-R-O-U-G-H, L-I-F-E dot C-O-M. And if you have any questions, you can also email us at L at hoopsthroughlife.com. That's E-L at hoopsthroughlife.com. I look forward to meeting with you soon.